This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. Welcome to Day 12 of the 21 Days of Gratitude here on the Grace Enough Podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum, and for the next three episodes, I am inviting a few guests onto the show to have a conversation about their gratitude practice, why they started, the impact it has had on their lives, and those closest to them. Today, I am actually sitting down with a fellow podcaster and friend, James Early, because he and his wife consistently practice gratitude. And so I wanted to hear from someone and share with you someone else besides myself who has gone on this journey. So James, welcome. Hey, thanks, Amber. It's great to be here. So before I ask you all the questions... Tell everybody about your show and what you do there, because I do want them to check it out. I love what you focus on. Well, thanks very much. Um, My podcast is called The Bible Speaks to You, and my goal is to really get back to the original Christianity of Jesus, what he actually said. You know, we've kind of added a bunch of things in the last 2,000 years. Yep, we're good at that. (laughs) Yeah, and so I want to get us back to what did Jesus say? What did he mean when he said, love your neighbors yourself, pray for your enemies, that sort of thing? Paul says that we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2, 16. Mm -hmm. We have the mind of Christ. doesn't say we'll have in the future now. And so I've kind of put that in modern terms of we have the mindset of Jesus. What does it mean to think and act and love and pray with the mindset of Jesus? And so that's kind of what I focus on my show. Mm. It's just been nice because you and I, I think, have kind of journeyed on this podcasting, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, journey for a while now. I mean, I feel like it wasn't long after I started before I I jumped into CPA. And I think the same is true of you, right? Right, right. Yeah, I think we've been in there together since like 29, well, right in 2020, right? (laughs) Right. We've we've grown together in this whole process. Yeah. Okay. So tell me this. At what point did you start intentionally practicing gratitude and what really like led you to do that? Wow, that's a really good question, Amber. And there are actually several layers of this, uh, of the way I'm going to answer this question. All the way back in 1979, a fellow from church that I'd asked to pray for me, he said, well, do you keep a journal? Mm. And I said, no. And he said, you should keep a journal of the things you're grateful for, the way God has worked things out in your life, you know, insights when you're studying the Bible, write all that down because if you don't, you'll forget it. And that's really true. So Mm -hmm. since 1979, 1980, I have been writing in a journal. I probably have like 10 different volumes now, big, thick Mm -hmm. uh, books of just most of it's gratitude. Sometimes it's conversations I have with God, but a lot of it is gratitude for things that have happened or insights I've got when I'm studying or praying, that sort of thing. So that's something that I've been doing personally for a long time. My church, uh, we have a Wednesday night meeting where people are encouraged to stand up and share things they're grateful for. And I, I think that. 
Yeah, it's really nice. And we have a Thanksgiving Day service, too, where the same thing that's an it's specifically set aside to be express your gratitude. Mm. And I think what I'm realizing after you asked me to be on this little moment with you, I realize, you know, it's one thing to have the self-discipline to express gratitude yourself, but it's nice when there's something structurally like a community, we'll call it church in this case, where it provides that opportunity Mm-hmm. to be grateful and it's 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 expected but it's a joyful thing too it's and you mm-hmm. and you sh- hear somebody else sharing what they're grateful for and it reminds you of something you forgot about yeah so the collective community type of gratitude is great my wife wrote a poem one time and she said that going to church is like uh the tomato cage on a tomato plant you know it gives structure to your week it keeps you in the, growing in the right direction oh, that's a good one so that's that's a lot of it more recently, like in the last 10 years or so, my wife and I have started expressing, we, we each think of three things that we're grateful for from during the day, at least. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go like 10 or 20, but we always think of three things before we go to bed that we're grateful for mm-hmm. that day. And there's, sometimes there's silly little things like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the pumpkin pie or whatever it is, you know, that was so good. But sometimes mm-hmm. they're more important things, uh, the way you met somebody you didn't expect to or an email from a friend or whatever. And that practice has really helped us have this mentality of gratitude. I think gratitude, to sort of cut the G and the R off, it's an attitude. It's a way of thinking. It's a mindset. And if you have to wait until something good happens to be grateful that's not the full essence of gratitude. I think gratitude is like lenses we look at the world through. Mm-hmm. And if you have on gratitude-colored glasses, you're going to be grateful for all God's goodness because it's everywhere, and you'll see it everywhere. But you really only see it everywhere if you practice. I mean, at least that's been my right, experience. Right. Well, right. The more you practice, I know. The more you the more you see things it's to be amazing. grateful for. I mean. I, this happened many years ago. I was living in New York City in the Bronx and I was catching the sixth subway train to go down into the city, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I got, and I'd had a really good prayer time that morning. I don't remember what I prayed about, but I remember that day. It was a bright, sunny day. So I was being grateful for the sunshine. And then I was waiting for the subway car. And when the doors opened, first I was grateful the subway came on time. Mm-hmm. Then I was grateful, well, there are doors to let me on and let the other people off. And then I was grateful for the windows. I was grateful for the chairs. I was grateful for the little things you hold on to, the Mm -hmm. rings you hold on to. And then I took it to another level of being grateful for the idea of a door, not just the door Mm. itself, but what does a door represent, say, Mm. as a metaphor, spiritually as a metaphor? I thought, well, it's protection. It keeps things in. It keeps things out. It keeps, uh, you know, we let Christ into our heart the door Mm -hmm. in our heart. We keep the bad things out by shutting the door in our thinking. So I started trying to turn everything into a metaphor. And I was grateful for the bricks on the sidewalk. I was grateful for, and, and, and again, all these things they represented. I mean, I can still remember that day. I felt like I was floating in the clouds because it was just so full of gratitude. Usually New York City can be kind of overpowering and overwhelming, people rushing around, pushing and shoving. And I just felt all I could see was love. All I could see was God's love. All these people, God loves all these people. I'm going to love them too. I'm grateful God created all these people. Uh, mm. And it just, now I don't do that every day. 
not right. <laughs> but it was it was a really turning it was a real turning point for me because I realized, you know, when you're driving down the highway, are you grateful for the stripes on the street on the between mm. the lanes? What if those lines weren't there? The lane lines. Oh my gosh, we'd be all over the place. We kind of are anyway. But well, but I mean, I've driven in not personally, but I've ridden in cars in countries where there's not that, and it is crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I think there's so many so many amazing things that we take for granted. And so all this practice now during the day, my wife and I'll say, oh, I might forget about this tonight, but I'm grateful for, you know, whatever, whatever. The avocados were ripe and they, you know. Amen. Because <laughs> you're nothing worse than an avocado that's overripe. Or underripe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, darn. Should have waited two days. That's right. But I, I want to tell you of a, now I did not talk to this woman, but my wife did before we were married. She said that one night at one of these Wednesday night meetings at where she was going to church at the time, a little lady stood up and said, I was healed of cancer by gratitude and sat down. That's all she said. And so my wife said, wow. there's got to be more to this story. So she went about asked her, asked her afterwards and she said, oh, dear, I had to get to where I was grateful for everything. I was grateful for a spoon. I was grateful for the tines on a fork. I was grateful for the wrapper on the bread. She just was grateful for everything. And that's really what healed her of the cancer. I mean, that's how she felt about it. Wow. I think, yeah, gratitude is is a powerful, it's not just gratitude, it's just a prayer. Yes, uh, it's an act of worship. It is. And Jesus gave gratitude sometimes before the problem was solved. Oh. You know, he gave gratitude before he fed all the 5,000. He gave gratitude that God heard his prayer before he raised Lazarus from the, from the grave. And I've been thinking, what if we could be grateful now? So for anybody listening now, think of a problem you've got and you've prayed about it. You're trying to work it out. You're trying to find solutions, you know, whatever. And you've, and it's still in the process. Well, how about you thank God right now that he's going to answer that prayer, solve that problem, whatever it is. And, and mm -hmm. of course, in his way, not yours. Right. <laughs> but thank him now because you know he's going to at some point. And I, I just find that very powerful. Wow. I mean, there's so many places I could go there because there's something that Robert um, Emmons says, and he, and I shared this in an earlier episode, but he says, gratitude is fertilizer for the mind. Ooh. And I thought, see, and I know you'll really relate to that because you're a gardener, but I started, like, I really started thinking about what fertilizer does. And I did, it took me from this place of looking at gratitude it's easy to just think, oh, some people are just grateful or like that's cheesy. Uh, you know, I think sometimes when you first start getting started, people are like, oh, that's just the glass half full kind of person. You know, they have all these reasons of they're just they don't have any problems in their life or whatever. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It is actually the exact opposite of that. I think that people who practice gratitude they have problems just like everyone else. They, right. um, and it's just been something that intentionally over time, they have laid that fertilizer down. And so the soil of their brain, their thoughts, their bodies, all of that is from the perspective of like God's at work here. He's providing, right. he's present, even amidst the terrible stuff going on around us or in our circumstances. 
Well, or even if we can't see it, what if That's you right. said, God, I'm grateful. I know you're at work, even if I can't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, that to me is powerful because it, it takes away this false sense of responsibility that mm. we feel sometimes, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I got to pray harder. I got to be a better <laughs> Christian. I got to, I got to, I was like, how about you get yourself out of the way and, and thank God, because he's the one doing it anyway. And uh, I mean, it's those are easy words to say, but I have just seen so many times in my life where expressing gratitude has just changed the atmosphere in the room, changed the atmosphere in my heart. Yeah, allowed me to see more good. You know, if you if you have a dirty window and you clean part of it, you can see more clearly. But then that makes you want to clean the rest of the window. And I think your idea of practicing gratitude is like the more you do it, the more you want to do it because you see the blessings mm -hmm. that it brings. And it's not just blessing you, it's blessing everybody around you. Yeah. And that is something else you were talking about earlier. And it made me think about Daniel. And he's an example that I use also in this series because he was in the habit of getting down on his knees every day to pray three times. And it says to pray and give thanks to God. And then what ends up happening is when he is delivered from the lion's den, he praises God. And then it was contagious because King Darius then said, now everybody has to praise this same God. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm thinking about like the lady standing up and saying, gratitude healed me from cancer or your church service where, you know, I mean, there is something about unity in the body of Christ, unity in the triune God. It's that powerful. It's powerful and it it it's contagious. Like when you share yeah. the goodness of God, it gives somebody else the opportunity to say, oh, wait, I know that's going on in my life too. I got to pay attention. Right, exactly. So yeah, as we close out here, I just want to ask, like you've shared a little bit of how it's impacted you and those around you, but do you, do you have anything else that you would add to that? Because you also minister to people in prisons and in a, in a variety of settings. So I'd love to maybe hear if you just have anything else specifically, you know, to share about how it's impacted your work, your personal life, interactions, anything. Well, it's made me a better person. So the people around me <laughs> <laughs> can tolerate you better. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's also, you speak of my prison ministry. Um, I'm actually going out there later today. Mm. Uh, and what I've seen is the, the, the people I minister to in prison, they are learning to be grateful. Even in prison, they find things to be grateful for. So mm. the, the last thing I'll think of is, uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have read the book of the hiding place by Corey Tindall. Oh. There's this wonderful place in there where, you know, they get transferred to a new uh, prison and everything is just as bad, except this time there are lice in the bedding. And her sister Betsy says, well, we have to thank God for the lice. Cause you know, God's it's the Bible says, thank God for everything. And, and Corey says, you've got to be crazy. I'm not thanking God for the lice, but as it turns out because of the lice, but she made her sister get down and pray and thank God for the <laughs> lice. So like, Oh, Oh, you gotta be crazy. Well, turns out because of the lice, the German guards wouldn't come back into where they were and they could have their Bible study and they helped a lot of people. Now you probably already know that story, but I think the more we can be grateful, even when things go wrong, Mm. I lied. I'm going to say another one last thing. There was a time when Jesus had been preaching and he'd performed all these miracles 
I don't remember all the names of this city's Corazin, and I don't know the, how to pronounce them even, but he said, if the works had been done in you that had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they'd still be here today. And oh. then he, then he said, he prayed a prayer of gratitude. He said, dear God, thank you for uh, uh, hiding this from the wise and prudent, the people who think they're so smart and revealing it to babes or the children, the, the childlike receptive thought. That's mm -hmm. kind of a paraphrase. And at first I used to think, oh, he's being grateful that the innocent child, like, you know, the disciples, the normal people got it. But he was actually thanking God that the other people didn't because he didn't want people to just to accept him intellectually based oh, on yeah. human logic. He wanted it to be a revelation from the father in their heart. And so when somebody doesn't agree with you or rejects your ministry or rejects something, say, thank you, God. I don't know what's going on here, but I know you do. Mm. So that's harder. Mm -hmm. That takes, mm -hmm. that does take a lot of practice. <laughs> that takes a lot of practice. And you may be saying those words and not really feel them at first, but keep at it mm -hmm. because there's power in that kind of gratitude because God is working. Whether nobody sees it or not, it's like, the roots of the dandelion of the daffodil bulbs are growing during the winter mm. and you don't see it till the spring when they come up but it, god's god's always working in there james thank you oh this has been wonderful i mean that's all a good word so thank you so much my pleasure amber it's great to be with you i hope my conversation with james has inspired you to start your own gratitude practice i'll meet you back here tomorrow when I sit down with my sister in Christ, Kara Gwynn, as she shares the intentional gratitude practice she introduced to her classroom last year when she was teaching my son. This episode was brought to you in part by the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, an outreach dedicated to bringing joy, strength, intimacy, and purpose to couples seeking growth. Be sure to visit enneagramandmarriage.com to find your chemistry together again, or for the very first time.